0: All right. Distinguished guests, a round of applause for fun fact.
1: <laughs> fun fact. At one point, it started raining everywhere and didn't stop for two million years. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I,
1: I remember that. It sucked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So this is uh, Alan's very, very old. This is called the... <laughs> carnian pluvial episode which mm. is a pretty sweet name mm-hmm. and it happened around episodes like could be a band name yeah. yeah 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 for sure or like a record by somebody oh bands. yeah for sure so so this happened approximately 234 million years ago mm-hmm. and uh, it was at the beginning of the triassic period and it directly led to the age of the dinosaurs oh they like that rain yeah, well, kind of. So, okay. So, the Earth at the time, as you, I'm sure, are aware, was all one supercontinent called Pangea, mm-hmm. and was very dry and very hot. Like the what I le- heard was that the ocean at the time would feel equivalent to a hot tub today.
0: Oh wow, that yeah, which sounds wild.
1: awesome. And yeah, that w- that would have no downsides at all. No, that's all upside. So the the there wasn't a lot of rain at the time hmm. because. Uh, Pangea was located altogether and sort of in the middle. So rain clouds didn't really have a great way to get past the coastlines and there mm. weren't like big mountain ranges. So it didn't break up the, the land from a cloud perspective. Okay. Okay. And there, there were already dinosaurs, but there were also a lot of early reptiles and mammals. Right. That's like the beginning of the mammal timeline there. Y- yeah. The main carnivore at, at the time were the cruto- crutarsi,
0: crutarsi. Uh, I gotta uh, crew, these which up.
1: a cool. Yeah. Well, I have a link for you for the primary one. Ornithosuchus. I think is kind of terrifying looking. Let me uh, let me send you the link. His tarsis are like kind of weird crocodile guys. Yeah, they're like terrifying giant crocodiles no, no, that would or... run on two legs. Which I mean, if that was coming at you, you would be terrified.
0: Oh yeah, and this is a North America. Suc- it looks like a, a kind of like a proto dinosaur crocodile guy. Oh, it is yeah. related to crocodilians, but it's like a, imagine if like a crocodile
1: got a little bit T Rexy and it was just going to run around to eat and it was you. just going to run and eat you. Yeah, yeah, it looked like but. That. But so, uh, suddenly, everything changed. And that was because of what's called the Rangelian eruptions, which also sounds like a band from the 80s. Yeah. Metal, obviously. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That was a huge burst of volcanic activity in Alaska and British Columbia. Oh, yeah. Where where you are. And it started 235 million years ago and lasted for 5 million years. Just 5 million years of volcano. Just 5 million years of, like, an yokuts, like, every day, right? Like... And, and it made, like, a layer of lava, like, 3.7 miles or 6 kilometers thick. That's a lot. <laughs> That's a lot of lava, which single-handedly raised temperatures worldwide by something like 3 to 10 degrees Celsius, which, for reference, we're, like, desperately trying to avoid, like, a degree and a half right now. Yeah, and this is just, like, volcanoes just... Just going and out. So... Believe it or not, this led to a wetter climate over a long enough time, which I thought was really interesting. And the reason that is because the warmer temperature led to the evaporation of more surface water
0: Hmm, and thus
1: created more rain clouds. Okay. okay. Which took about a million years of volcanic eruptions, but eventually that led to the aforementioned Carnian pluvial episode. So pluvial means rain. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of rain. So, like, for example, in Utah, the rain roughly quadrupled to about 55 inches a year, Hmm. which, for context, that's roughly what the rainforests in the Pacific Northwest get today. And that was in Utah. And that was in Utah. Not known for its wet climate. No. And uh, so basically what it was was there were just floods everywhere, Mm. all over the world, every year for two million years.
0: Because like all the water, not all, but like a lot of water that was in the ocean was getting evaporated
1: up and dumped randomly on land. And just dumped randomly. So it wasn't like it was raining literally everywhere all the time, but there were just like random massive floods all the time, all year round, every year for 2 million years. And so at the beginning, dinosaurs were approximately, if you look at the fossil record, they were about 5% of all the animals. Hmm. And by the end, they were more than 90% whoa so you have any theories as to why that happened
0: okay so um, it sounds like either dinosaurs just became way more common or more likely non-dinosaurs had a hard time adapting to this i can't think of the top of my head of why that would be though
1: yeah so i couldn't either the reason is so it is the second one that the other one sort of died out and that's basically because all of that rain led to tons of really tall coniferous plants okay and all the non-dinosaur herbivores of the time were really short and they went on four legs and they couldn't reach or like they're eating grass and stuff. Yeah, they were eating like mostly grasses. They couldn't reach the the Which the is leaves now underwater. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. They couldn't get to the tops of these super tall leaves. Right. And the as they died could. out, yeah, exactly. And as they died out for lack of food, the crocodile crurotarsi didn't have anything left to eat.
0: Right. So it died too.
1: So it died too and that basically just left dinosaurs. Right. So you want to know why it ended? Uh, The
0: rain? Yeah. Um, Yes, I do. I can't think of a pithy (laughs) joke as to why it may
1: have happened. (laughs) Well, eventually the volcanic eruption stopped after the five million years. Mm. And the planet reabsorbed the excess carbon. Mm. And the rain finally stopped. And that left everything in the hot, dry state that is mostly what the Triassic period was. And that lasted until Pangea finally broke apart. And then, you know, got mountains and clouds, Mm. you know, coastlines and things but uh, what i find especially interesting is that this led to all the pine trees that we have today
0: oh how how
1: so this was the birth of pine trees
0: how, just like that happens to be when they evolved or did you have, do you know about like why all that no that's what the, that's to... what
1: the coniferous plants were and i guess because they oh, could okay. deal with a lot of water
0: okay well i mean it makes sense that they're certainly popular here in the pacific pacific northwest, northwest warm right warm climate or
1: not warm but uh wet climate yeah but they found i mean they found flood so basically at some point they like uh, their assumption was always that the Triassic period was very dry, which mm. it really was for most of the time. And they all of a sudden, I forget exactly when, but they started finding a layer of sediment that didn't make any sense. All of a sudden it got mm. really wet. Yeah, what's this layer? Yeah, just in one place. And they were like, oh, that's weird. And then they like started finding it everywhere, like mm. all over mm. the planet, mm. evidence that there was at, at this time. And so that, that's the this Carnian Pluvial episode, which is one of the shortest episodes <laughs> uh it's you know i mean whew, that's a long people say the new stranger things was long this was two million years yeah and that was short like back then but that's short i mean that was, production you know, methods were totally different. yeah basically a season yeah you know and but i so, mean it's a, yeah.
0: that like it is a very short period in terms of the scales that we're talking about there's just yeah. like kind of a blip uh, yep. Of course, to any living being <laughs> for was, that time, <laughs> like, you know, many orders of magnitude longer than their entire lifetime. But yeah. in, in the geological scale, it's it just this quick. little blip that where everything thrashed into volcanoes and rain and then eventually he uh, flipped back. It sounds like.
1: Yeah. Well, that's, Pretty wild, no?
0: Yeah, that is wild. Yeah. Um I sort of enjoyed that over time, it seems like through um, our various uh, research methods, we we're discovering more and more times where things were different. Yeah, that's, that's pretty true, yeah. And you just kind of slowly get over... The, or we, we iteratively sort of almost like fractally uncover the, the more and more variation where our brains kind of want to think of, you know, long ago periods as sort of homogenous. It's like, oh, well, the Egyptian times. And they were just kind of, you know, all the Egyptian times and the way they all were. But like right. in practice, there was like very variation and, you know, things huge. coming and going and huge changes. Even
1: over a short amount of time, like, you know, thousands of years. Yeah. 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 Also, like... If you're not a paleontologist or whatever you call people that studied non dinosaurs from that era, which I knew the name of but can't think of the science. Sorry, scientists. <laughs> uh, if you're not one of those people, though, like the number of animal—I mean, there's a lot of animal—the number of animals who live now that I don't know the name of have never heard of and couldn't, you know, pick out of a lineup I even is been very discovered high yet. Right, for sure. But like, I never heard of you know the Crurotarsi, even right? though like, like they were the most common like creature they were the most common creature for like a long period of time i've never heard of them before
0: yeah i think i think actually that's not the first time on this show that we've like kind of bemoaned not being familiar with a creature that was at one point the most common creature (laughs) we just
1: we feel a sense of responsibility yeah to at least know the greatest hits to yeah exactly like if you don't even man like can you call yourself a real fan you can't even name one of their albums i know it's it's like that yeah
0: (laughs) so um on the topic of
1: 234 million years ago. Yeah. I mean, who knew you were going to have something about that exact weird amount of time? Um, I, I this, this seems not
0: possible, but I do. <laughs> Is so, that no, no way. Is that... <laughs> so, fun fact, it's thought that for most of mammals' evolution, we mm-hmm. were nocturnal. Oh, okay.
1: I think I'm still nocturnal.
0: Yeah, me too. Maybe that's where we get it. <laughs> Maybe that's, it's just evolutionary
1: it's yeah i'm gonna tell my wife that see what she says because <laughs> she is very much a mourning person and i am very mm-hmm. much not
0: well now i we can i can explain why and then you can be like sorry there's nothing i can do about it yeah it's, it's all about the nocturnal bottleneck theory okay i like so, bottleneck theories first posed in the
1: 1940s the theory is that doesn't sound like 234 million years ago, but we'll get there. Well, it's roundy Reininger. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Everything is essentially 234 million years ago. More or from less. From some pers- from some from a more or less perspective. The theory, yeah. the theory is
0: that most, if not all, mammals were nocturnal, starting from their initial origins all the way to the relatively recent extinction of the dinosaurs. Um, oh, okay. So basically this proposes the majority of animals' evolution, so for like 160 million years of, of our evolution, uh-huh. we were night dwellers. And the theory as to why is because we were hiding away- Because we were hiding from, from the dinosaurs. From the dinosaurs, who were these daylight terrors, going around eating all the, you know, less so, I think we were probably not concerned about the plant eaters, that we were, was in, were under discussion more about the uh, T-Rexes and, and their ilk. Um, but uh, apparently that explains some of the differences in between us and other kinds of animals.
1: So wait, so the dinosaurs went extinct like 66 million years ago. Yeah, relatively, quote unquote, recently on the time frame (laughs) of of all of this. Yeah. For reference, recorded history is like maybe 5,000 years. (laughs) Yeah, But, uh, okay, so we were nocturnal until 66 million years ago. Okay, first of all, not sure that's going to help me much with my wife. But uh, (laughs) also... the majority of mammals evolution, Eric. Maybe that's how I would have to explain that, yeah. Uh, But... Yeah, uh, You know, unfortunately, well, fortunately, she listens to the show. But uh, uh, so I can't do anything about it. It's not me. It's just evolution. But at any rate, uh, that makes a lot of sense, because here's the thing. Like, I don't know if people realize this. Dinosaurs came in lots of different sizes, but some of them were a lot bigger than us. Mm-hmm. And very willing to eat us. Yeah. I mean, you know, the biggest dinosaur ever that we've found so far is Argentinosaurus. And that was definitely a a plant eater. But they were, I think the biggest problem with Argentinosaurus would be that they might step on you. Yeah. Because they were, like, a hundred feet
0: long. Yeah. But I feel like even just, like, the 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 medium-sized carnivore dinosaurs would yeah. be unpleasant we're for, huge. for
1: mammals to... Huge. Yeah. yeah. So, like, I think, you know, and they were, and even the other ones that were small were pretty, you know, good at carnivoring. hmm And... So I think, you know, we're fleshy.
0: Which, then that all makes a lot of sense, but... Um, you may or may not be pleased to know that uh, scientists had have a little bit more rigor as to the theory of why than just the, the theory that the dinosaurs were pretty carnivory. The way it was <laughs> yeah. good to
1: hide from dinosaurs, <laughs>
0: um, even though that was that's you know one of the kind of building blocks of it. But look, if you if you sort of look at animal or if you look at mammals and how they compare to other animals, um, there are a bunch of adaptations that we have um, for nighttime living. Um, so, for huh. example, uh, mammals tend to have a heightened heightened senses compared to other kinds of animals, particularly acute sense of hearing. In most mammals, acute a sense of smell. Uh, a lot of mammals have whiskers, so it's easier to navigate in the dark. Uh, mm. In most mammals, other than primates, uh, they have large cornea, which captures more light.
1: Tons more Tons light. Tons more yeah. light. And
0: you see those are cats, like, whew,
1: their eyes. Whoa, whoa. What what color eyes do you have? I can't remember. It's been so long since the I've brown seen.
0: eyes, not particularly memorable. Okay,
1: yeah. So I have, like, hazel mm-hmm, eyes. Mm-hmm. And green slash hazel eyes let in way more light than brown eyes. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah, so I can see in the dark. Better well, so than then you? yeah, there's the more for the nocturnal thing. Yeah. Do you are you colorblind? Because
0: that's another uh, one of these sort of things that doesn't matter I at night. I don't think so. Hmm.
1: Okay. Yeah. We could do one that's of those not, tests. That's not helping me. I should work on that.
0: But but a lot of mam- mammals are um, yeah. dogs, obviously. Um, and, and we're also adapted. So we're adapted for the dark. We're also adapted for the cold. Uh, a lot of mammals okay. have fur. Some humans do. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yep. Some humans do. And uh, and mammals also have an increased ability to generate warmth from fat uh, compared to other animals. Right. That's the
1: thing. The warm-bloodedness or whatever. Mm -hmm. Or is that cold-blooded? Or or warm-blooded. Yeah. Yeah. And like dinosaurs would have to lay in the sun, Mm -hmm. which is why when it got really cold. Which is fine if there's a sun. Which is fine until everything's covered in ash. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then you're like, oh, maybe I'm going to be extinct now. Yeah. Yep. Um, Unless you're a mammal that happened to be living in the cold nighttime. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So in addition to some of the adaptations mammals have that are helpful for nighttime, we also have some adaptations that kind of suck for the daytime that we've just sort of kept. Oh, okay. Yeah. So for example, we don't have anything that, compared to some other animals, we don't have anything that shields our eyes from UV light. Oh, that would be nice. But we can't see UV light either. Yeah, that's annoying. We can neither see it nor... It's It's hurting us, but we don't know that it's hurting us. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, because you look at the sun and it's like, ah, but it, yeah, yeah, so that's not really adaptive. Um, And uh, the most fascinating to me is that apparently there's an enzyme present in most living things going even back to like plants and fungi that can basically use sunlight to repair UV damage. Whoa. So the like, you know, damage we get from, from sun exposure yeah. obviously a problem uh, in our species uh-huh. uh, and, and most other uh creatures not even just creatures but like living things in the entire kingdom of life uh can turn sun into uv damage repair and uh in placental mammals that just uh, doesn't that mechanism is just kind of broken but yeah. uh, our ancestor placental mammals in the hiding away from the dinosaurs in the middle of the night didn't care they're like, well, I don't have any UV damage, so who? Well, whatever. that's I don't care not nice. Yeah, and now we have this
1: uh, broken thing, and we get yeah. skin cancer and stuff. So, yeah, that sucks. Okay, well, I'm gonna go back to being nocturnal then.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just, just
1: me. You, you, what you were meant for. That's right. It's just how I was meant to be.
0: And of course, just to cap it all off, I after doing all this research, I was like, well. This is a theory from the 1940s. I should probably like <laughs> double-check that people still think this is true. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's often a problem. Uh, um,
0: so I'll link. There's a 2013 study that reviewed um, the past and current evidence up to that time, and they've included it is still, as far as they, they in their view, uh, still thought to be the best explanation for the adaptations that, that mammals have.
1: All right. Cool. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm very encouraged to know this, and I appreciate you bringing this very important... <laughs> Information to my attention. It's important to know where you, where you That's came. That's right. From. Yeah. Speaking of where you came from, <laughs> and ye- and years, <laughs> <laughs> a year-related fact. <laughs> Fun fact. Mm. At least according to one historian, the worst year to be alive was 536 CE. 536 CE. Mm. Yeah. St-
0: worst. I- I'll buy year that. I th- ever. It doesn't. Like I don't know much about 536 CE, but if I was to think about that general 500s vibe i feel like you're already starting at a pretty like even 500 and anything yeah and now yeah I, now it's like you know that's like your baseline and then there's a particularly worst year in there
1: yeah yeah yeah. I'm, you're buying I,
0: it i'm curious go go make me feel how much better we are off being yeah. now than, than well in, in this particular before time
1: before i do that let me just say that i think it's important to mention that this is in recorded history because two million years of flood rain also sounds pretty unfun
0: to (laughs) me also probably not great that was like a terrible day
1: yeah but apparently (laughs) and there is actually a relation between these two things we'll get to it but apparently in 536 a mysterious fog plunged europe the middle east and parts of asia into eternal darkness for 18 months that's a really big fog yeah yeah as the as the byzantine or eastern roman empire historian procopius wrote The sun gave forth its light without brightness, like the moon, during this whole year. That would cause problems. Yeah. He also (laughs) wrote that it seemed like the sun was constantly in eclipse, and that during this time, quote, men were free neither from war, nor pestilence, nor any other thing leading to death. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and he hasn't even
0: mentioned food yet.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So, temperatures that summer, the summer of five thirty six were as much as four and a half degrees Fahrenheit or two and a half degrees Celsius lower than normal. Mm, not ideal. Which led to the coldest decade for the past 2300 years. Mm, Snow fell in the summer in China. Okay. Crops failed. Yes. People starved. Yeah. The Irish Chronicles record a failure of bread from 536 to 539. And oh. then, in 541... Bubonic plague came to the Roman port of Pelusium in Egypt, mm. which led to roughly, ultimately, the death of one third to one half of the entire population of the Eastern Roman Empire. Right. So, what what was the cause? What led to this incredible fog? It was. Do you got to guess?
0: I'm going to go with volcanoes.
1: More volcanoes. Pull up. Yeah. So there was apparently a massive eruption in Iceland. Thanks a mm. lot, Iceland. Uh. In 536, okay. can you
0: please try to pronounce the specific name of the volcano? Yeah, I don't know
1: which one it was. <laughs> I, I've already said the name of the one from 2014, but uh, I will say it again. Fiatla, wait, uh, Eya Fiatla Yokut, uh, otherwise known okay. as E15 or whatever. Yeah, and then uh, they were just like, "We're not doing." I'm not this. typing this. Yeah. Yet. So 536, there was an eruption, then another in 540, and then one in 547, and all of this plus the plague sent Europe into economic stagnation until 640 yeah when silver mining resumed so basically all of the coldest times of the past 2500 years were immediately preceded by a volcanic eruption Mm -hmm. so yeah so in 536 the first eruption triggered the 18 months of no sun which just like if you were living in 536 and just one day it never got bright again and didn't stop for a year and a half you would definitely think you were cursed yeah, you would think that everyone was cursed. You would think that the that, you know, the rapture had come or whatever. You'd yeah. be like like I don't know if, if like religion flourished during this time, but it, it would have surprised me. And so that dropped the temperature. Then again in five forty, the temperature dropped by another almost five degrees Fahrenheit, or that's like two two point seven Celsius, because of the second eruption, and then a plague came. So I, I think that yeah, I don't know if it's the worst. This is according to one historian but it sounds pretty bad that sounds like the worst time yeah
0: it's not good like i've had some tough times
1: yeah has it ever been dark For the
0: time that i i poured a bowl of cereal but then there was no milk
1: (laughs) well you know i don't know i think it was i don't know what it was like in vancouver but in 1998-99 i want to say there was like a year where like in Seattle, we had eight months without a sunny day. Yeah, I do remember that. It was bad. That was real bad. There's
0: one time since then that that's happened where it was not quite eight months straight with no sunny day, but like basically it really was. Like it was really bad.
1: I think I got seasonal depression that, yeah. that year. And I'm going to say, if that had lasted for 18 months, and if to the best of my knowledge, it was never going to end because, of course, I, it's 536 and I don't know much about anything.
0: And they hadn't even invented cereal.
1: Yeah, there was no cereal to even have not be enough of, and no, <laughs> no uh, special light bulb, you know, temperatures, and a plague that killed a third to a half of everyone I knew. I feel like that would be pretty bad. That sounds bad to me. Yeah,
0: I'm going to go, I'm going to do no research on the other years, and I'm going <laughs> to crown that. The worst year. Yeah.
1: So if you were alive in 536, let us know if you were alive in 536, if it was really as bad as they just say. Just write in
0: hello at funfact.fm, or you yeah. can get us yeah. on Twitter. Yeah.
1: Tweet us. At funfact.fm. Yeah. And let us know if that was really your worst year. If it year. was the worst, or if you've had a worse year since. Yeah. If you had a worse year and you think it's broadly applicable. Like, not just from being so old. No. Or <laughs> just for, yeah. Not just for being like 1,500 years old, but also like if, you know, not just because it was bad for you. It has to kind of be bad for everyone.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, on average, yeah.
1: On average, yeah. So, yeah.
0: All right, well, I'm curious to know, but so far, that's the winner. Five thirty six. M- my worst. fact. How does this relate? <laughs> on the t- we've <laughs> been on a roll, so don't mess it up, Alan. Uh, mm, okay. I'm gonna do the. I tell me tell you the story, and then you come up with see if you can. Think All of right, it. okay. I'm in. I'm into okay. it. Fun fact: there exists a genre of music called mm. black midi so named because there's so many notes that the sheet music just looks black
1: oh mm, okay so for a second i was in because they're like i recently discovered a genre of music called uh doom jazz okay which is awesome Mm -hmm. (laughs) there's a band i will recommend called boren unter club of gore and (laughs) uh they're just they're just like a really ambient dark jazz band but i was like you know i like doom metal you know and so, and I like jazz. So, Doom Jazz, I'm, I'm right there for it. So, I, when you said black MIDI, I was like, okay, the the reference here is going to be, you know, that it's like black metal, but MIDI or something. And that would be like the appropriate music to listen to. If you, you know, 536, you got a lot of like frustration you want to take out. Listen to some like real awesome, you know. But I, this is just a lot of notes. It's a lot of notes. It sounds like it's too it, many. I mean, a lot notes.
0: of notes under a, a lot of notes make it sound like it's just a lot but we're yeah. talking about MIDI songs <laughs> that can have millions of notes like terabytes of data to describe oh. some of these these songs wow according to some sources the the largest possible MIDI file is 256 terabytes yeah. which would be 93 trillion notes um people have supposedly quote-unquote composed songs yeah I, that many i'm notes. curious what but composed that... <laughs> means you'll enough. not be surprised to learn that when you get to the 93 trillion notes like they're not play, you can't play them back so it's kind of like oh a, so you can't even hear song, it the, the ones that are 93 trillion notes you cannot hear it because well like it, it exists in theory you can download the file you can oh, okay. open it and crash your midi player
1: so this is a genre uh, from japan
0: yeah let me it is uh particularly popular in japan although it's kind of spread over time i'm going to give you an example. Of uh, uh, a relatively like well known. We're using iMessage here.
1: Yeah, but so I, the reason I asked, by the way, is there's a British band called Black Midi, but they're just named after this. They're not right a Black Midi band. So to give you a taste, I'm going to link you to. Yeah, I want to hear this.
0: Uh, an arrangement yeah. of Miley Cyrus's song "Wrecking Ball" in Black Midi, but arranged with 1.1 million notes rather than the the standard. Quality. You know, yeah.
1: So you can, like, load that up
0: there and just kind of get a bit of a sense of it.
1: I'm going to try to hear it. Wow. I. I.
0: This is, like, more notes. than I I like it. So with these, yeah, it's kind of interesting. (laughs) eh? So what it does is it visualizes, like, the way that they play these back. Visualizes like a piano. Yeah. And then you can see, like, the notes cascading down.
1: This will be a very hard Guitar Hero level.
0: It would be, it's like, if, if, like, Guitar Hero goes up to expert, this is yeah. like, what if there was 100 more difficulty levels on top of that? Right, yeah, and then if, a trillion more. So, and so now, just to, like, yeah. you know, move things along, if you jump, da- jump a bit further down into the song.
1: Oh, my, <laughs> okay, hold on, let me hear what this sounds like. <laughs>
0: what? <laughs> so what's happening? Oh, is- my God. <laughs> you, like, I'll link the videos. But you end up they end up like having huge just, like, oh, literally hold the whole on. screen is full of yeah, notes I of hear patterns that part. and chaos and like but you can still pick out Miley Cyrus yeah. through it all. Yeah,
1: I want to hear it. just one more second. I was going. Oh my god. <laughs> That's awesome.
0: i like, I'm like who, who made this and how?
1: I'm kind of obsessed, actually. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. Uh, this is my new favorite genre of music.
0: Yeah. It gets um it gets of course like at anything like people push it further and further um so part of the fun is when somebody creates a song as i was sort of alluding to earlier that is so complex that their computer can't like successfully play it back yeah um so here's an example an arrangement of the song bad apple um that attempts to use 4.6 million notes in its playback okay. but the person's computer like can't quite manage to play back
1: okay so what happens should i skip ahead or what no just get?
0: click to where i've linked it
1: okay all right cool <laughs> that, <laughs> is just like joking that's the sound of it yeah just die it's just a cpu dying and crying for help this this is like that should be a crime when ai becomes a, like a sentient that will be a crime that's like yes. a how you kill an ai yeah exactly
0: program. if you send them they're like being ddos or something yeah that's
1: exactly right you send them, this like poison malicious a, file yeah. Oh,
0: they were just listening to some music and they're Yeah, that's what an AI
1: <laughs> That's incredible.
0: Yeah. So this is all, I'll put in some links and people can explore it, but like the main fun fact is like this exists and people do this and it's just, uh, you know, a way to spend the time. There's one more thing. I'll link this, uh, other, it was probably the most famous one, uh, which was called Rush E. Um, but it's, uh, it's like a, sort of like a <clears throat> got a classical Russian t- vibe uh, to it. But then of course it builds and builds and gets out of hand and,
1: has well, a to it. Starts very, very simple.
0: Yeah, well, that's. I think almost all of the all the Black mini songs that I have like encountered, like part of the joke, I guess. If you know, maybe oh, they pretend Lord. that it's not a joke. Okay. But <laughs> yeah, exactly. It ramps up. It starts uh, super chill and and pared back, and yeah. then it adds and, adds and
1: adds and adds. I'm. I mean, let me just. You know, I don't know how people listen to the podcast, but like. If you're gonna click on these links while you're listening, I hope you have good headphones on because hmm. it's wow, it's there's wild. Like on. it's well, you know what it is. It's like it's a it's a sensory experience. It just sounds so you know jackassy, but like it's just not that many things in life. Like you know, there's just not that many new, like completely new things to like hear. Yeah, I've just it's just completely different it's,
0: it's kind of i guess it, i hadn't really thought about it it's kind of psychedelic
1: yeah it, yeah it will it you it could transport you it is definitely like mind-altering <laughs> like in and in the cool like i really i really like this like i'm i'm like i'm not you know i don't think i'm gonna become a they're called blackers the oh, people no. who make okay. black midi which mm-hmm. uh uh i don't know that they really workshop that name much but like <laughs> it's just like
0: It reminds me a little bit like, the demo scene stuff where, like, people used to make these, like, graphics demos where it would be, like, eight kilobytes, and then it's, like, you're going through space and all sorts of cool stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: when you watch that stuff now, I still think it's really cool, but it's it's harder to, you know, like, you have to, it's interesting because this is, like, almost the opposite of enforcement of constraints, right? Like, the whole point of that demo scene is that they have nothing to work with and they're doing things that you can't believe they can <laughs> do. This is
0: like you have what is the most you can possibly work with yeah, and still you make have, an intelligible you know, song.
1: <laughs> and it's, it's so fascinating that it comes probably comes from Japan. Oh, I mean, let's
0: just I mean anything like this it feels like it would originate there.
1: No, but it's just like a uh, uh you know, I think people have a, a misconception perhaps, you know, here about Japan that they're like a very minimalist culture. And I don't think that's... I think that's really lacking in subtlety. And I I will say, like, if you've ever looked at Japanese film poster design, mm. it is mm-hmm. in no way minimal. It is so busy and information-dense, and, like, I find it very hard to, like... I find it very hard to look at or read. You know, yeah, it's like just in almost like, any
0: culture, n- n- no culture is really boiled down flatly the way that we sort of then
1: process No, but, I mean, when- like, you know, you think of, like, Swiss design, right, from the 60s or whatever. Mm-hmm. And obviously that's also... A limited subset i'm sure like, that there
0: was some swiss designer in the 60s who was like just super maximalist pa- maximalist, like keep using 40 different typefaces and right. maximum everything all over the page and but
1: like overall i think switzerland has a pretty minimalist i mean i have actually haven't been there so maybe not but like the design of the 60s <laughs> but culture
0: a, that you're familiar with has subtlety the design of, of the poster,
1: <laughs> poster design of the 60s had a very one-dimensional minimalist aesthetic but like japan just doesn't have that Uh, you know you think of like the bonsai or something but like or like you know homes being really small and therefore maybe trying to be uncluttered but like it's really not a thing and this is the perfect example of that because this you just could not be more maximalist and but like there's at least in the songs you played me there's uh there's it well are you familiar with the genre free free jazz um not very like i can imagine like so, uh, the, probably the canonical example is uh, Ornette Coleman's Shape of Jazz to Come, but like basically, like, which has like two trios or two quartets playing each in one channel, each playing free from each other. So mm-hmm. it just sounds initially like complete cacophony. And some people never get past that.
0: Feels like I would struggle with. Okay. And that.
1: they just, they're just, seems like they're just playing random stuff, but it, it, it kind of becomes, there becomes order or meaning in sort of the chaos. And it, and it, and it, and it it's one of those things a little bit like uh, 90s grunge typography where it's, like, really hard for an outsider to tell the difference between someone who is really, really good mm-hmm. and someone who has absolutely no idea what they're doing.
0: Yeah, <laughs> because, like,
1: to, uh, oh, i like listening to—I couldn't link this, but
0: I'm just listening to kind of random parts of it, and it mm. does have— to an untrained ear and just dropping into it in the middle, it just definitely has that. Is this just people being purposely bad,
1: right? And it's not nothing kind of to it, but it was an but it's opportunity, it's actually brilliant. <laughs> it's ap- actually brilliant. I actually love free jazz, but it, it was an opportunity for people who were very bad at their instruments to like look like they knew what they were doing, right?
0: Yeah, you could definitely sneak in,
1: yeah, much easier. Just uh, like in the 90s, if you were just a bad designer, you, people are like, Oh, it's the new David Carson, you know, or mm, whatever. But mm-hmm. like, I think. That this, on the other hand, at least the tracks you played me, the there is absolutely like thought and order that's obvious. Mm, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, like, for it's sure. It's not super... like it would be very
0: easy to just be like, okay, yeah, I make a million note song that's just I press just, every single note simultaneously, yeah, just pointless, seconds. pointless chaos, which is probably what the multi terabyte one. Has. Yeah, like, and some of it went.
1: devolved into that. Like, but I think that was really intentional. And then the 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 like sort of Count Basie style, you know, um, silence breaks. Like, where it would just, like, be complete cacophony and then, boom, hit. And then there's, like, yeah. one note again. Yeah. And, like, some of that raindroppy style thing of, like, where I was just going to slowly pick up the pace and that I'd, like, messing with... It. It's just, like, adding a, a whole nother temporal level to... I mean, I should probably mention at this point in the podcast that I uh was a music theory major yeah. in college. If this if you haven't figured that out, it was definitely on
0: my mind when I when I brought this fact up. But uh they I think people maybe have figured that out by now. The fact that I'm like, look at this, it's cool and funny. And you're like, here's like all the ways that it links to like types of jazz and it's like fundamentally I'm like, This that's awesome. <laughs> you can build but I, on that. As was well, to sometimes I share a fact and you're just like like whatever, <laughs> if you think if you say so.
1: i'm just i cannot like i just want to let everyone out there in 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 fun fact what do we call them the fun factors the factors i want to let the all the factors yeah i want to let you all out there know that i cannot wait to get off of this broadcast recording so i can (laughs) go listen to all these songs but that i what i'm curious about is before we i'm like so the okay so i'm looking in the article you mentioned that the there were like some that were so big that there's the, they contain the maximum number of notes that is allowed in the MIDI standard.
0: I, I was I was digging, someone was claiming that, and I was digging into like, is that defined in the standard? And then people were saying it's not in the standard. They're just saying that uh, like the sort of existing software refuses to open something that's more than 256 terabytes. Okay, and so that-
1: how did someone create a 93 trillion song file? And how does anyone, so no one knows what it sounds like? No
0: one knows what it sounds
1: like. Even although, the person who made it,
0: yeah, although if they I wouldn't be surprised if they just made it of the same thing repeating over and over again.
1: Oh right, just to be the person who did just that. to
0: have done that. yeah. but I mean if, once you have 256 terabytes of hard drive that's well, you probably want like 280 or something so you can have an operating system. then mm. you could uh, you could have, like, as long, and as long as you have a thing that writes MIDI, you can imagine just writing like a bas script that right 256 terabytes of keyboard meshing right but just, like one letter one note or something um, i want to hear it yeah <laughs> that's <the laughs> i point, don't i don't the 93 trillion one is good like the ones that no, i think are like in the millions and it's like it's
1: fun it's probably terrible but i like i'm just so curious well because what i want to know is whether or not there's um even like if it even like it, it
0: was any thought put into how it sounds yeah and i don't know and my guess is that given some of the other people in this like the the vibe very much seems to be that it's not just making the maximum number of notes but it's also it having a tune to it yeah it has to be a song my guess is that the person who did that 256 terabytes still at least like went to some effort to make it not just keyboard mashing but
1: so interestingly enough, have you watched this? This there's the, There is a YouTube video for that one of these 93 trillion note.
0: Oh, no, I didn't even look. I just read that they were impossible to to interpret and that. Well, I don't know what happens. Maybe you play this okay, and it breaks.
1: It. Let's just watch a little bit of it. Okay, yeah, it definitely starts out as a song. Yeah. Okay, here, wait. It gets... Oh, my God. <laughs> if you jump ahead, like, to the 40s. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I think psych-
0: Psychedelic actually, like, undersells how nuts this is.
1: This is... The visualization of it's cool, too. And then it's... Oh, I see. It's just... If you get to, like, a minute something in, it's just... I think it's, like, all, like, overflowed and just gotten...
0: I think it's kind of lost its mind at this point. Yeah.
1: It's just broken. So, like, you know, old video games, like Tetris and stuff, they played it past the point at which the program... Hmm knew what it was doing and you just get extremely weird like the colors of late game tetris are not designed by anyone they're just, just like just accidentally showing parts of memory and stuff. yeah yeah random memory is being loaded for and and then interpreted you know did you ever read uh were are you were you a douglas adams yeah the hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy did you ever read the dirk gently books no were they good They are good, yeah. Uh, It's about like this sort of, it's called Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency. Mm, I've heard of this. Yeah, but I think it's in that book. It's in one of his books, but I think it's in that one where there's this computer programmer who gets extraordinarily rich by writing software that takes corporations' financial data and turning it into music. and then having the music be like played at like corporate you know uh uh, you know big big corporate meetings and stuff
0: yeah and in douglas adams mind corporate people are so corporate that they just love the the algorithmically generated music from version of their of their of
1: their financial results Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) and i remember at the time thinking like that's incredible i really want to hear what that sounds like just like yeah. the super intelligent shade of the color blue
0: what does that mean it, i don't know but i want to see it it's from the <laughs> hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy it's like one of the
1: alien species like i it read about oh right. humans were yeah. like
0: oh yeah you know like we're we're so important like no it's a
1: shade of blue that has evolved to be intelligent to be
0: incredibly intelligent and then it's
1: incredibly <laughs> intelligent yeah i remember that i've i was really big into the uh hitchhiker's guide as a young person yeah I, maybe it was in the, the second Douglas Adams books, long dark, the Dirk gently book, long dark mm. tea time of the soul. I can't remember which one has the, this software in it, but I, I now have, yeah, but I like have thought about that a lot since then. And and I mean, I just feel like probably it would be nonsense, but if you could, if you could make that into music and someone probably has, because I think everything from any, you know, the, the nerd population of the Doug Adams books is very high.
0: Yeah. I right. mean, that's kind of the part of the point.
1: Yeah. But so like, I wonder what it sounds like, like, you know, Apple's quarterly financials or whatever.
0: I mentioned not great. Probably not as compelling as the Miley Cyrus made out of one million. That is so
1: good. <laughs> I like that song. So that, that does help. But
0: <laughs> I'm funny that you say that because I have linked this, assuming like no one, no one other than me actually likes. No, Rap- that cause. song's great. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, at least
1: we can agree on something. Yeah. What? Yes. It's just that. (laughs) Audience (laughs) of the show know that it's literally just Wrecking Mm -hmm. Ball by at least. At least we have. At least we have Wrecking Ball. (laughs) (laughs)